Lit Chat listeners, I'm PJ. And I'm Bonnie. And today we are going to be talking about our group reading, Moment in Time, by Susan Redfern. And I have something to admit. I have not finished reading this book. I'm about halfway um, Well, you through. got a couple more weeks before the Lit Chat. Yes. Um, so <laughs> you may not hear too much from me. All right, Bonnie, so why don't you go ahead and do you want to give them kind of an idea of what this is? This book, um, in reading this book, I believe there is actually a previous book that this author wrote that introduced these characters. At least that's the feeling that I got reading it because she would bring up... um, these other incidents that happened to all the characters, like there was a car wreck or something where somebody died, a fiance died or something. But this particular book, we have Mo, Hazel, and Chloe. I think her name is actually Maureen. Yes. Uh, but they call her Mo. Mo owns a internet news site. Site. She had worked with her dad in the past, and I guess her dad recently died, or he was one of those casualties in the previous book or something. But he taught her everything she knows about gathering news. And their biggest thing is that it has to be factual, and they do all kinds of fact-checking to make sure that their news is actually facts. And then you have Hazel, which... I don't remember what Hazel did. I don't think we're told about. But Hazel Hazel in this particular book is a rape victim. That's sort of what this book revolves around is the fact that Hazel got raped and who did it and all the subsequent things that happened because of this. I should also say that Hazel is very much into science, um, like protons and neutrons. She's very... I guess what people would consider nerdy and geeky, which I think will help to kind of understand her mind. Yes, she is very introverted. She doesn't go out a lot at all. And I think also she just, uh, she views things differently because of her interests. And Chloe is a veterinarian. She's actually a traveling veterinarian. She has a, a very dilapidated van because she hasn't, had the opportunity to really grow her business much. But she goes around to people's houses taking care of their pets, mainly doing a lot of grooming. But she also has her black veterinary bag, uh, like her black doctor, you know, a black doctor's bag, where she keeps all of her supplies and everything. So that's where the three women start. And we should say with Chloe... She ends up finding a dog that they later name Ruby. But Chloe, she's always spending more money than she makes, which is why she's in this situation. In fact, that's how the story starts. She's saving Ruby in a back alley. Ruby's been in a fight or been beaten. or I I think she might have been beaten by a local business who was trying to keep her out of the garbage or something. And anyway, Chloe is trying to save her. Well, Chloe apparently shares an apartment with Mo and Hazel on occasion. 
like they invite her to stay, but she's not really but on the paperwork. Part of the issue is is that there's no pets allowed. And Chloe is always bringing pets in, apparently. And now we have Ruby, who barks. And she's supposed to go to a shelter, but... But... Once again, speaking about Chloe spending more than what she makes, she also doesn't have the heart to give Ruby up. Because she knows she'll just get put down because of her injuries and everything else. And then we have Kyle, who is Mo's beau... Mo's boyfriend, who is in the military, and he is actually stationed, um, I think it's Afghanistan, somewhere over there. He is he is out of the country right this moment when the book begins. The story starts with Chloe and the dog. Mo is actually excited because she is going to be interviewing Jake Tapper of CNN. So she's focused on her interview, close focused on Ruby, and Hazel, being introverted, is not really focused on anything right now. Mo wants to go celebrate this this interview and this possible connection with CNN. So since Chloe can't go because of Ruby, Mo talks Hazel into going out to this local bar that they've hung at before. There's also another motive, and that's that Mo is trying to set Hazel up. Or Mo wants, not necessarily set her up, but Mo wants Hazel to get a guy. Because Hazel has never been with a guy, and she really feels like, you know, Hazel deserves to be with a guy. Right. So they walk into this bar, and lo and behold, Mo sees a couple of people that she knew in college. I forget the younger brother's name. That's the one that Mo actually knew was the younger brother. But she had met Alan, who is the older brother. And Alan is very outgoing. He sees Mo. And he goes, oh, hey, hi, how is everything going? Obviously, he offers to go get their drinks. So while he's getting the drinks, Mo's boyfriend calls. Kyle calls on the phone. So Mo takes it outside. While she's outside, things happen. She comes back inside, and there's no sign of Alan or Hazel. She asked where they went, and somebody says, oh, Hazel went off with Alan. And she's going, oh, that's great, because she thought Alan was a good guy. Well, and also, mind you, before she takes the phone call, Hazel shoots her a look like, please don't leave me here. And she doesn't really... She she doesn't pick up on it because she's so excited about everything else. I think she does pick up on it, but she thinks it's just Hazel being reluctant to be, like... Out. Yeah, because she's so introverted. So she doesn't think too much of it. And then Hazel doesn't show up later at the apartment. And now Mo is starting to get a little concerned. And then I believe she gets a phone call. It's Hazel. Mo gets the phone call to go get... Mo gets a text. Gets a text to go get Hazel. To be fair, Mo ends up going to the apartment, ends up falling asleep, and not until they realize that, like, 
Hazel hasn't shown up, do they try to do something about it? They try to find her through, um, it's like this app. On your phone that you can locate you, people. Locate people, but they have to they have to have it on their phone and you have to have it on turned on on your phone. Hazel being who she is, doesn't really trust the technology. You know, she's sci-fi. She you know, she's very scientific. So she, she always turns it off. Right. I forget exactly how I think she she calls on a regular telephone. I thought to Mo to tell her to come pick her up at this store in the Tenderloin. Now the Tenderloin is this area of town and I forget the town that takes place in San Francisco the this part of town is obviously not your best part of town it's not any place that Hazel should be and when Mo gets there to pick her up she's really out of it and it's also a place where they don't hang out much she was just dropped off in a random place where maybe nobody would you know find her yeah. Mo realizes that there's something going on. So she takes Hazel to the emergency room. Chloe meets them there. And over the course of the talking with Hazel, they find out that she was raped and who the rapist is. Should we tell them? Well, here's the thing. It points to Alan because he was last with her. Right. But it doesn't ever clearly tell you. And she can't remember anything much because of the drugs. But she also, was, she's very closed off. When they did the tox study on her in the hospital, they found out that she had been given the date rape drug. That's part of the reason she was so woozy and everything. And she can't really remember a lot of what went on. But also, she's very closed off. And she's very closed off and Mo wants to contact the police and Hazel's going, no, 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 we can't call the police. We No police, no police. But Mo goes ahead and calls the police anyway. And they come and Mo is telling the police that her friend was attacked and given this date rape drug, you know, they test prove it. But because Hazel won't agree to having the rape kit done, the police can't really do anything. Well, it's that but also Hazel is not the one to come out and say it. She doesn't talk to the police. So it's no. a thing where it's like the crime didn't happen to Mo, so they don't take her serious. They basically say your friend who got raped needs to be the one to talk to us and right. press charges. And but this, Hazel doesn't want to. But this police officer is also very... Oh, I don't know what's the term. Not condescending, maybe? Uh, somewhat but he's condescending, just like, somewhat insensitive. Very insensitive. Well, I mean, yes, very insensitive, not somewhat. Um, but just, you know, has this very indifferent attitude about the whole thing. Yeah, sure, your friend got raped. Big deal. Things happen. Get, get a life. Go on. Well, so part of the thing is that this cop... His experience is that because of the effects of this drug and how it works, people are not able to remember stuff. So it would make it hard to prove. Well, I mean, first of all, 
Hazel doesn't want to take a rape kit, right? And then even if Hazel got to the point where she was being interviewed, she probably wouldn't be able to remember much because the date rape drug has done that to her and it takes apparently weeks for it to like stop taking effect. So, And also, as the police pointed out, rapists generally are not in the system because most of their people have never talked about it. Well, people, well, rapists who use this drug in particular. Um, people don't remember, don't want to talk about it. So their attackers are not in the system. So even if they did take the test, it's a high possibility that there would be no matches. So basically the thing so, is, because of the symptoms, it's just hard to prove the case. It's hard to prove a case when you don't have a reliable victim. And it's not that she's not reliable, but it's just she's under these effects. He doesn't think make her reliable, which is why it's hard to prosecute situations like this with that specific drug, which is GHD, I think, is a specific drug that I'm they mentioned. Sure. That specific drug, it is difficult to prosecute because the victim is unclear from what the book says. It, I think it takes weeks for the victim to like stop feeling the effects of it. So there's that, and then also the fact that if the victim doesn't want to say anything, well, then it just makes the case harder. So yeah, he's not very sensitive. And also, he is not taking Maureen serious because Maureen didn't actually see Alan put the drug in her drink. She's just assuming that he did. Maureen is assuming that Chloe, I'm sorry, Hazel got raped. Um, however, there's no kit that actually says. So, I mean, it's very problematic because, you know, everything points to the fact that she's raped. Everything points to the fact that it's she Alan needs help. And she needs and help. And the cops are just looking at this with their brains and not their heart and thinking of, well, this is not a case that can be prosecuted. Exactly. So, you know, take care of yourself better. That's about all the detail we can give you other than Chloe does something with with the police officer that is questionable. And it's Gretzky is the police officer's name. And the police officer takes offense to it and starts basically stalking her. Her van, obviously, is not in the best condition, so he follows her around town and pulls her over for incidental things like lights out and certain things on her van. Um, but then Hazel disappears. They have no idea where she's gone. And then Mo remembers her. Apparently, she has some Indian uh I don't know, because I haven't, I haven't read this. But I'm sorry. Um, so I'll probably give you a few spoilers here, but Hazel disappears and they think she's gone off to this um, place in Washington State. Okay, but don't tell us where she... I don't remember the name of the place where she actually goes. <laughs> I mean, it's in the book, but like I said, I read this about two months ago. Don't be giving us more spoilers. They think she's going to commit suicide at this place, this that has meaning to her for something or other. 
And so Mo and Chloe take off to try to find her. And they basically take a road trip. And Alan ends up getting attacked back in the city where they're from. And the police are looking at these three. From there, it just goes. I mean, it is one little surprise after another on what is happening in this book. So did you like it? Talking about it now, I think I like it more than I did when I read it. Okay. Because talking about it and not being able to tell you what happened, because there's so many little surprises, makes it a lot more interesting. Having just read part of it, I really was like, stop, stop, stop. Don't tell me anything. Don't tell me anything. I can tell you that Chloe's mom is a lawyer. Yes. And Chloe's mom definitely gets involved. When the police start looking at the three girls, she starts helping out. So moving away from what happens, just a couple thoughts on the characters. These characters are frustrating to me. It seems like Mo and Chloe are very impulsive. Mm -hmm. And that leads them to problems. Right. Chloe especially. I mean, I, I don't want to put frustration on Hazel because she went through something extremely hard and everyone deals with it in their own way. And who are we to judge whether she's dealing with it the right way or not? Of course, I haven't finished reading the book, but just right now, I think it would be really easy to be like, well, why doesn't she talk to the police? Why doesn't she get the rape kit? Why doesn't she do this and that, right? So she doesn't frustrate me because for me, I'm like, okay, she's processing it the best way she can. And I'm not, who's to judge? But the other two, I'm okay judging. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I got to tell you, Alan is a jerk. He sounds like a jerk. I mean. He is a total jerk. And I think he deserves everything he gets. The other two are kind of disappointing. Partly because, like, with Chloe, she's impulsive and it gets her in trouble. And she's really, like, like you mentioned, Officer Goretzky is on her because of what she did to him. And that involves giving her citations, which is all... Even arresting her at one point. Yeah, all money that she doesn't have. So it's like... Mm, you should have thought about it before you got your kicks and giggles because it wasn't worth it. Part of that was the way she handled it because he didn't know for sure she gave him anything. She could have denied the whole thing. Yeah. And to be fair, look, what happens to Officer Gretzky, I found funny. I and I found too. like it was like a dose of his medication. But once again, this is a cop. Right. So not the smartest move. The other thing is, and I might end up liking her, but right now I'm really annoyed with Mo. Well, Mo is dealing from the heart. She is very, very concerned about Hazel. She thinks it's her fault Well, because okay. she took that phone call from Kyle. Well, and, and so, so it's her fault. It's not just that. It was mentioned... Hazel does end up telling Mo 
that Hazel ended up getting Moe's drink, which means that the drink that was roofied, that had the drugs in, was should have, Mo. yeah. But Moe just ended up leaving because of the phone call. I get that Moe is dealing from the heart, but she doesn't show a lot of respect for her friends because she saw the face of Hazel that was like, please don't leave me. You know, this is an awkward situation for her. And yet... You leave her with this guy that you weren't particularly enamored with in college either. And that you didn't know too much of because she knows... His brother. She knew the brother. Yeah. She didn't know him. But I gotta say, Kyle is rock solid. Awesome. So I, I get that Mo is dealing with her heart, but she's also very impulsive. And and she admits she does stupid things. And it's that stupid stuff that's making it worse for her. So And she does some really stupid stuff later, I'll tell you. You haven't seen Stupid yet. Like, Don't know that they're as strong as we like to see our women characters. I do have to say, though, that what I have to be aware of is they don't really tell you the ages of these girls. But I want to say they're, like, in their late 20s. I thought they were, like, in their early late 20s, early 30s. I mean, they've been through college yeah, so they could be in their 20s. It sounds like they're in their 20s. And what I'm getting to is that it seems like they're immature, but maturity comes with age and time. And I can tell you that when and I... And experience. Yes. And when I got out of college, I did a lot of stupid things afterwards. I made a lot of stupid decisions, right? I look back now in my late 30s and I think, oh man, that was so dumb, but... <laughs> Maturity comes with... It doesn't stop in your late 30s. You still do dumb stuff. Oh, no. I'm sure. I'm just hoping it's not as dumb. No, like, I, it's I usually hope the not dumbness, as dumb. You know, levels off. But there's off. still dumb stuff you do. Yeah, because that's... Honestly, that's how we learn, right? And as humans, we should always be learning from our mistakes and trying to make... And we'll always make mistakes because we're humans, but maybe not such big mistakes. But they've also, in addition to Hazel's issue in this book, like I said, there was a previous book where they've all had major life incidents that happened to them. It says eight years ago, their lives changed in an instant. Now they are about to change again. Because they do end up going through a lot. I think that they're in their 20s. And if they're in their 20s, then... They're doing stupid things. Yeah, I mean, we. Yeah, I do love a strong woman, right? I also think, as much as I love strong women characters, we also have to Temperate. go with what makes sense for the character, right? And at 20, you're not going to be as mature or strong as someone who has lived more and learned from there. So I think it's just the right thing it was like um when we were reading the 40 elephants alice diamond i didn't like her at all but someone who was born in that area under those circumstances would you expect her to be any different no No. if she was any different would it make sense 
in the story. It wouldn't. In this case, they frustrate me and they annoy me. But I also have to be like, no, but that's that's probably the right choice to make them frustrating and annoying because they're probably in their 20s and I'm sure I frustrated and annoyed my mom all the time in my 20s and probably (laughs) still do hopefully less because I'm older but who knows maybe you'll have to ask my mom about that but yeah I mean it makes sense oh it actually says now in their mid-20s huh you just read the back of the book you'll you'll get the answer they're in their mid-20s okay but yeah, it, it does have a few surprises at the end. Well, and like for, so. like with Mo, it, it's frustrating, but I know she's doing it because she feels guilt and she wants to help. And she just doesn't know how to help Hazel. And she does something very surprising at the end. Ooh. From what you're telling me, I'm excited to finish... Because I love those books where it's surprise after surprise after surprise. And some of it is inevitable. Mm-hmm. But it's how they've dealt with this whole topic. And some of it was really kind of eye-opening to me. Especially the fact that most rapists are never, ever brought to trial. Because uh, this type, uh, like date rape stuff. Because nobody ever doesn't nobody can ever prove it well yeah it's hard to right and Um, it's disappointing and it's very disappointing but also the cop's reaction where it's like well next time i suggest you take a better look at your drink is very condescending and very like it's almost like oh yeah well i mean does it happen to men of course it does right but does it happen often No. no But that just shows a lack of awareness of what it is to be a woman. That you're constantly having little minute things that guys would probably never have to worry about. Like a girl giving you, buying you a drink. Chances are that girl's not going to be like roofing you. But unfortunately for girls, it's something that we have to worry about. It's the little things that we have to worry about. And it's exhausting. Is it not? Yeah. And so that answer really infuriated me. But I was like, but you know what? I'm kind of glad that he was a jerk because that is real life. Not to say that all men can't sympathize, right? Or all police officers don't sympathize. But this guy even women may not sympathize. But yeah, (laughs) you know that that police officer was just. But that was very eye-opening because we like to think that if something bad happens to us, justice will always prevail, and it doesn't. No. Or sometimes you make your own justice. And I think most of the time you make your own justice because you feel like justice has failed you. So we will leave it at that. Before we go, though, I did want to mention a couple of books that Lit Chat had been talking about. So the first one is When Crickets Cry by Charles Martin. And then The Last Thing He Told Me. And then the other one was Murder on the Red River by Marjorie R. Rendon. So these are books that our Lit Chat group read. And a lot of these were, you know, highly recommended. People like them. So yeah, if you're interested, that's what Lit Chat is, was reading last month. Of course, we will fill you in a little on what our Lit Chat group says about this book. Because I always think it's interesting to find out if they thought the same way that we did. 
So until we meet again, this is PJ. This is Bonnie. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.